0: I'm preaching a message that I think is going to help a lot of us. I know it's going to, it helped me. I, I did a podcast on this one on, um, on Monday, I believe, and the Lord was just all over me with it. And I was just really, really excited about it. Um, let's get started in, in this thing. Let me pray. Father, I just praise you. I love you, God. Thank you so much. Father God, I pray I'm just completely out of the way here and that you're the one that is... Uh, being seen here, God. And I give you thanks and I give you praise and I give you honor. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your power. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. When you define the word authority, when you find, define authority, it's this. The power or right to give order, make decisions, and enforce obedience. I Think about that for a minute. The power or right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. When when you think about it, Christians today are the only ones that actually have authority. Are you with me? Let me say it again. Let me go over here and say it. Christians today, we are the only ones who actually have authority. Let me go over here. I I said Christians today, we're the only ones that actually have authority. Hallelujah. That's the truth. That's the truth right there. Now, I want to give you a couple things here. Satan wants to take your authority. That's his job. He wants to take your authority. Now, listen, I wrote this down this morning. If you don't walk in your God-given authority, he will take it from you and he will use it against you. That's what the enemy will do. He'll use the authority that you have, and he will pipe into it, and he'll take it, and he'll use it against you. Now, can, can I tell you something else? And, and go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and here's what it says. It, it says this, and, and this is what you have to understand as we get into the authority part of this sermon Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of whose might? His might. Not our might, but his might. Now understand something that he says, be strong in the Lord and not be weak in the Lord. There's nowhere in the scripture it says we're to be weak. Is there anywhere in the Bible, correct me if I'm wrong, there's nowhere in the Bible that tells me that I am supposed to be weak. There is no part of the scripture that says that you're supposed to, it's like I can't wait to get to church because I'm just so dry. You're not supposed to be dry. God's people are not supposed to be dry. We're supposed to be full all the time. People say, well, when I go to heaven, I'm just gonna be worn out, empty. No, that's not how it works. He says to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And if I'm strong in the Lord, ain't no devil, no demon going to take my authority because I'm strong in the Lord. Can I tell you something? And I wrote this down today people with authority don't beg. Chew on that one for a minute. Oh, God. Please, God. Those who have businesses, those who work, those who are are managers, those who uh, are, are, are team leaders, how many of you all go up to your employees and say, oh, Please. Wait on that customer today. Ah, please. Yeah, have to, we don't do it that way. Now let me let me help you. Let me let me help you on a few things here. Um I worked with a lady named Rita one time. Rita is a great lady. She's uh she's in uh works for Poca Valley Bank in 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 Uh, Where is she? She's over in Taze Valley, Winfield. And I worked with her for a number of years. She, She said when I left, she said, I told people that I did not work for John. I worked with John. Understand something, that people that are in leadership roles who have businesses, who have different things, understand something, that your employees don't work for you, they work with you. You don't own them. I've heard preachers say, my people at the church, you are not my people. You're God's people. You're not my people. Well, you know, my people, uh, no. You got it all wrong. And, and see, leadership, here's, here's how leadership works. And, and I don't even really like the word manager because if you hire somebody to do a job, let them do the job. Help them, encourage them, be their team leader, help them through the process. But, but to, to manage them, I, I just think there's so much ego there. So, but, but what I want to tell you today is that when we walk in the authority of Jesus, and when we walk in the authority, we cannot represent Jesus being a weak-kneed believer that allows the enemy to beat up on us on a regular basis. Are you with me? We cannot be weak kneed and, and, and allowing the enemy to, to put us into prison. The, the key to this thing is we're we are to to put him into prison. We're to put him into prison. He he doesn't do us that way. The church is not supposed to be bound. We're not supposed to be bound. We're supposed to be the one that are binding and loosing, and we'll get to that shortly. But what we are to do is we are to walk free. We're not to walk as an emotional roller coaster up and down. You ever notice how many people are happy on payday? They're they're like the devil the other four days, but on Friday, they're happy. It makes me wonder, you know, it just it really does. But but see, if if Jesus is in us and we are in Him, then then Matthew twenty eight eighteen says this. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, "All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth." We have power. Why do we have power? Because of John seventeen twenty two, and it says this. And the glory which Thou gave me, I give. Uh, I've given them and they, uh, they may be one in me and even as we are one. Listen to what verse 23 says. I in them and thou in me and they may be perfect in one. That's what the Word says. And that the Word may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them and thou hast loved me. Tell me today... You know why God doesn't move if the church is not in unity. Because we're not in one with him, and and we're not in one with another. We have got to be. Now, understand something. There are people that just aren't going to get along. And and I learned years ago as as a young preacher that if people don't get along within the church, don't team them up so they will get along. Because guess what? They still don't get along. People have different conflicts. People have different views about things. People think different. But the question today is this. So if God is in you and Jesus is in you (coughs) and you are in Jesus, then you've got to make room for those that are addicted and those that are going through uh, struggles of of different things, then you've got to leave room. If you're in in Jesus and Jesus is in you, then where do you put the devil? you, you got to have room for him. You, I mean, because, but, well, I mean, you're, 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 you're addicted. Jesus is in you, and you're in him, but, but you have that addiction. Where does that addiction come from? It comes from the enemy. It comes from the third of angels that was kicked out of heaven. So uh, you you got you to make room for him. Is that not true? Think about it. Think about what I'm trying to say to you. Is that how can you be victorious over here, but you fall over here? You've got to figure out, if God is in you over here, then God is in you over there. If you're in Jesus over here, then he is is in you over there. There is no room for the enemy. No room for him. If you are addicted living in sin, then here's what I wrote down. Please make sure that the devil has a place to set in your life. He needs to have a spot at your table. Why? Well, you have birthday with him. You have Thanksgiving dinner with him. You have Christmas dinner with him. You get married with him. Say, say, "No, no, I don't. But if you're clicking on it and you're smoking it and you're saying it, most chances are you are addicted. So, let me ask you something. If, if you're doing all of those things, then where does the victorious church come from? Where is the victorious church? Well, you know, the church is a place, it's a hospital. It's where we bring, nah, nah, I got to tell you, in my years of preaching, I, I think the church is a place that shoots its wounded. I, I mean, I do. So if you're addicted and you're living in sin, then you've you got to get free. you got to be the church. Like, like my accountant used to tell me and still tells me to this day, it's time for the church to become the church. Not weak need, but it's time for the church to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Well, I just can't seem to kick it. I just can't seem to to be able to overcome it. Let me tell you something. You don't have to overcome it. It was overcome at the cross over 2,000 years ago. You don't have to overcome it. God already did it for you. Somebody needs to shout glory in the house. It's a truth, and you know it is. Because we are the most powerful identity. I say that all the time to people. Yeah, you, you, we go through things. Sure, we do. We're dealing with things. Yes, we do. And, and, and if I want to stand up here and lie to you and say, look, you're never going to go through any problems. You're always going to go. I, look, that's not true. But it's what you do with those things. Because, see, here's what people say to me. They say, they'll call me on the phone and they'll say, preacher. Or they'll say, John, whatever. We have a problem. And I'll say, no, we have an opportunity. And I don't have a problem because that's what I pay you to do is to solve the problems. If you're a leader in this church, why should I be solving problems that you're supposed to be solving? I got my own things I'm working on. So, but see, that's what causes preachers to burn out because everybody dumps on the preacher. I learned that a long time ago. That's not how that's supposed to work. Listen to what Jesus says about in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, about Peter. And Jesus said unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not. There's no sometimes. There's no every now and then when I don't feel good. He says right there, he says that I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. 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 Why? You're the church. You're the church. The gates of hell shall not. If you could get the revelation on who you are in Christ, knowing that you are the from the Most High God, He is. I mean, He died on a cross for you, shed His innocent blood for you, so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. If you could get the idea of how powerful and how toxic you are to the kingdom of darkness, man, I tell you what, you'll change the world. Guess the will change. Gassaway will change. Braxton County will change. This world will change. But if you continue to lick your wounds and continue to talk about the things that you're going through and all this kind of thing. And let me tell you something. Everybody's going through something. But I like it when people say, you know, I used to be this, but God. You know, I went through this, but God. You know, I used to be broke, but God. I used to be sick, but God. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. That is what the church needs to be today. We need to be victorious because guess what? The gates of hell cannot prevail against me, not prevail against my family. So na, 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 devil. He can't prevail against you. Do an Archie Bunker to him. (laughs) Well, tell me if that show wouldn't make it today. (laughs) You cannot be prevailed against. You say, well, then why am I going through this? Or why am I going through that? Or why can't I seem to kick this addiction? Why do I need that? Why do I have this? It's deception. It's deception is what it is. People are deceived. They're being deceived. Once you realize who you are, hell will shake when you wake up. This means because hell cannot prevail against me, that means we tell the demonic what to do. We tell the demonic what to do. What do you mean you tell the demonic what to do? Well, when you trip up and you sin, who told you that? That's the demonic telling you what to do. We're to tell the demonic what to do. I'm going to give you a couple things here, and then I'm going to show you a little video that's really kind of funny that I think you'll like. People that are my age... We'll really get it. People that are younger, not so much. Listen to this. We tell the demonic what to do. And when you look, and I read this a lot, because I want you to get this in your heart. Luke chapter 10, 18. Understand Satan has already fallen. Satan has fallen from heaven. Verse 18. Verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you power. You have power over everything. Listen to this. We have power over the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over. What is this, Tory All means all. All means all. The power of the enemy. See, Jesus is not denying that the enemy has power because he said it. The power of the enemy. But his power, the enemy's power, is not bigger than the power that you have. The power that you have to lay your hands on the sick and that they shall recover. To cast out devils in his name. But listen to this. He says, nothing by any means hurt you. Why are you allowing the enemy to hurt you? Tell me, why are you? (laughs) Why are you walking in poverty when you don't have to? Oh, here he goes. Why are you walking in depression when you don't have to? You say, well, it's a chemical imbalance that that I just happen to have. But but let me tell you something. Save that stuff for the world. Save it for the world. Let the world deal with that kind of stuff. You, you say, well, am I not saved because I struggle here or I struggle there? Let me tell you something. Strugglers will make it. I say that with, uh, you know, I'm, I, I know it's the truth. Strugglers will make it. But here's the thing why is the church struggling? Why is the church struggling? When you're the most victorious identity alive, why are you struggling? You're struggling because you moved. God didn't move. Well, I just feel so far from God. It's like he doesn't even, I don't even feel him. Well, your Christian life is not based on feeling. Number one, your Christian walk is not based on feeling. And let me tell you something. He he hasn't moved. He won't move. He'll stick with you closer than a brother he'll never leave you nor forsake you he'll be with you until the end listen to what verse 20 says notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you (laughs) people just (laughs) blow right by that but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. What did Jesus just say there? Rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you. He said, he, he said that the spirits are subject to you. That means that cancer is subject to you. That means depression is subject to you. That means that poverty is subject to you. Anything that is demonic is subject to the church. That means we tell it what to do. It doesn't tell us what to do. Well, I'm going to always be this way because it's back, back, back. Bull, that's a lie from the pits of hell. Let me tell you something you're the church. I'm trying to pump you up and jack you up so that you can kick you out the door so you go out there and do some devil thumping. I'm telling you, Mountain Dew ain't got nothing on the word. We went out the other night and had dinner with Lindsey and the babies. Nick was working, and we had dinner with him. And we went to uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and it's about eight o'clock at night. And Christy got some kind of—I drink decaf. I got decaf coffee. And Christy got one of those things that's about that big with ice in it. And I I think it was like loaded with caffeine. One o'clock in the morning on Friday into Saturday, Christy's still going strong. Normally by 10, we're both asleep on the couch and we don't know what we've watched on TV. She was running wild. Let me tell you something. There is nothing, nothing that should ever come in front of you that you're afraid of. Because the enemy is a liar. And he wants you to be scared. I wrote something down today. Let me give you this, and then we're going to show you something here. I text myself. You ever text yourself? I text myself things so that I can remember them. Listen to this. An authority figure. Well, no, that's not it. Let me get back here. Let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Stop being a coward. When we get to revelation on the power of God in our lives, we change neighborhoods. We change lives when we get the revelation and the power of who we are we heal the sick we raise the dead we set the captives free that's us Jesus said it is finished at the cross he said I must go I'm going to send another comforter Think of that. That's what that scripture says. It doesn't say he's going to send the comforter. He says I'm going to send another comforter. Which means that Jesus is the comforter. But means also that he sent the Holy Spirit who is another comforter. And we work with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit works with you. And is inside of you. And we're in him. And we whip whatever the enemy's trying to throw at us. So The spirits are subject to you. There's power that the enemy has that we have power over. The enemy shall not hurt you. You have power to tread on serpents and scorpions. So it's time for you to get busy. Well, I just can't can't seem to to get it right. You got to figure it out. Because nothing shall by any means hurt you because you're the church. This means that you have authority to push back the spirit of darkness and advance the kingdom of God. So now, I want to talk about the most important part of this particular sermon. Over in Matthew chapter 18. Is this helping any of us today? Matthew chapter 18. Now, here's what I thought about. Here's what I thought about. There is a binding and a loosing department in heaven. And here's what I would think. Jacob, go ahead and show this. This is what I think would be the changeover of the binding and the loosing department in heaven. Watch this.
1: Hello Ralph.
2: Hello Fred. Hello George. Hello Sam.
0: There is no shift change in the binding and the loosing department. There is no no shift change. And and let me explain to you. Do you know, and this is the most important part that I want to drive home to you today, that heaven listens to you and heaven obeys you? Think about it. Heaven listens to you, and heaven obeys you. Let me tell you why, and here's the most important part of it right here. He says, (coughs) verily I say unto you, in verse 18 of 18, and we're going through 20. He says, verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I expected a bigger response. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So, so let me show you some things here. Uh, okay, what does the word bind mean? Let me, let me first of all differentiate between the two. Mom would be so proud I used that word. Here we go. When you bind something, it means to stop or to halt. That means we stick the finger in the demonic's face and we say no more. You just haven't got fed up enough. You get fed up enough, stick your finger in the devil's face and say no more. You can't have my children. You can't have my wallet. You can't have my family. You can't have my church can't have my job, can't have my money, you can't have none of it because it doesn't belong to you. Let me tell you something. The enemy, and this is John 10.10. Let me let me read you something here and, I, and then I'll get back into this in, in a second here. I read this to you just about every week because it's important that you get a hold of this. John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy and I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. My God church, it's time for you to live in the abundance. It's time for for you to bind things and time for you to lose things. And first of all and most of all, it's time for the church to be free in Jesus' name. You've got to be free. You say, well, I'm the way I am because of this or I'm the way I am. Let me tell you something. All things are new that are in Christ Jesus. And so guess what? I'm new in Him. So so binding is means to stop or to halt. Loosing means to set free. So understand something that there is a binding and a loosing department in heaven. Because it tells me in verse 18 it says for whatsoever because nothing is bigger than the name of Jesus Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So, Roy, in heaven, when I go binding something, it halts. And Leroy, when I lose something in heaven, he loses it. Heaven backs you up. When I pray for somebody, I know that I've got heaven backing me up. And let me tell you something, whatever you pray about has got to go because you're... You're binding, you're loose, and you're setting free. Let me tell you something. We're the church. We're supposed to see things take place. We're supposed to see things happen in the supernatural. That's where it is. And people get freaked out because things happen in the supernatural. But guess what? That's where it happens. And then what happens is what we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven so it's the physical going to the supernatural and it's whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loose in heaven so whatever we loose on earth earth in the natural is loosed in the supernatural what manifests itself out of the supernatural manifests itself and the action takes place in the in the physical Binding and loosing. Heaven hears and obeys your command. You have the power through Jesus to change the atmosphere. You have the power of, in Jesus to change the outcome of a personal situation. Are you with me? You have the power through the blood of Calvary that was spilled on on the cross. That's why we have the power. And the church has got to get to Revelation. The church has got to get to Revelation. If we're going to change Braxton County and if we're going to change this world, if we're going to change this world, then it's time for us to start binding and it's time for us to start loosening. Say, well, how do you do it? Well, here's how you do it. I bind depression in the name of Jesus. So what happens is, when I say I bind that in the name of Jesus, there is a supernatural transformation that takes place that who I'm praying for at that particular time, it's bound. What's that mean? It halts and it stops. How many times your parents ever look at you and point their finger at you? My dad had a look. Still does. I, I, he had a look. He gave it to Kathy Morty than me. But I knew when I was carrying on, dad looked down he'd look. he'd look down like this. And I knew that i burst better straighten up. I knew that look. The enemy needs to learn your look. <laughs> when you've had enough, you've had enough. I'm telling you, he needs to learn your look. Well, <laughs> oh, That's good preaching right there. Somebody take that and run with it. I'm telling you, because it's a truth. You can change a person's situation. So, okay, so I have bound, I have bound depression in Jesus' name. Everything has to be in Jesus' name because we're under the authority of Jesus Christ. You try to do it on your own, you'll get beat up like the seven sons of Sceva. I'm telling you, it'll just be awful. But if you've if you got Jesus behind you, you bind it. That means it halts. That means it stops. That means immediately it's put in chains. <laughs> that means... Dustin, it's put in chains. Under the authority of my words, through Jesus Christ, it's put in chains. And then you know what happens? Then loose something over that person. Healing in Jesus' name. Joy in Jesus' name. Replace it with whatever was there. Bind it, rebuke it in Jesus' name and then replace it. Let me tell you something. If it's a sexual addiction, you, you, you rebuke that thing. You call it by name. Here's the thing. People don't call this stuff by name. It's got a name. Pornography has a name. Lust has a name. It's got a name. Adultery has a name fornication has a name but what happens many times is people people will come up and they say well you know I'm going through this and I'm going through that and I can't seem to get victory on that well what the people do is they don't turn their microphone off or, or, or whatever and start coming against whatever they spoke people don't call it by name you have to call it by name can I blow your mind I'm going to blow your mind there are times that when I have had to deal in the demonic, which I've had to many, many times, I tell you, one of the greatest people in the world, this is not to say anything about you all, because I love you all, but I love ministering with this guy because he, he hears me. He hears me, and I hear him, and, 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 and we, we were in some. Lord have mercy. We were in Summersville. We went to Summersville. This guy was on drugs in Summersville. And I kept asking him, didn't I? What are you taking? What are you taking? I kept asking him. And, you know, I never did drugs. I don't know. I'm learning just, you know. But I said, what are you taking? I knew, I knew he was taking something because he was twitching. I knew he was taking something. And they all knew he was taking something. And and so, the demonic finally had to give up on himself. Finally had to tell on himself. In Jesus' name, what are you? Do you know that if you can't figure it out, all you have to do is speak to it and you say, reveal yourself. And And it will tell on itself. You say, well, you're out of your mind. No, I'm telling you the truth. It will tell on itself, and then there you go. You bind it and rebuke. How do you know that? Well, look what I I preached to you two weeks ago over in Mark chapter 5. The demonic came running to Jesus. Now, listen to this. And again I said, and this is what Jesus said. After he said, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 19, again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth, isn't that amazing that he says on earth? Because you first of all have to agree on earth because that's where we are and it changes the supernatural. On earth, touching anything doesn't say some things. It says anything. Have you ever been broke and got your billfold out and prayed it full? I have. Say, God, I need I need money right there. Loose the finances. In Jesus' name. Loose the finances in Jesus' name. And he moves. But then when you pull somebody else into it, that if two or three, do you know that there are husbands and wives that don't pray together? I don't understand that. They don't pray together. They fight. They love each other. They fight together but they don't pray together. That's one of the most powerful tools as a husband and wife because they're one. To pray for each other and to pray. I remember I was getting ready to graduate. I was 40 years old. 40, 40, 40, yeah. I was 40 years old when I, when I graduated my undergrad. And I was sitting in the... Um, We were attending Maranatha and I was sitting in the, uh, the dining room of the house and I was eating a bowl of cereal. And I don't know what happened, but I got choked. I mean, I'm getting ready that next week of all the years that I worked on my undergrad and I can't breathe. I got choked. There's a lot of things that you think about when you get choked. No, and You know, my mom was a nurse, and, and she taught us that if you ever get choked, maybe this will help you. God forbid that ever happens to you. The, the worst thing that people do is go, oh, because it makes it even worse. What you do is you oh, blow out. So I did that. Nothing. Nothing. It was bad. So I walk through the house, the kids are still in bed, Christy's in the bathroom getting ready, and I go tearing through the door of the house, uh, of, the, of, the, of the, uh, the bathroom door. And Christy sees what kind of shape I'm in. And I turned for Christy to do the Heimlich on me. She said, in the name of Jesus, heal him, Lord. It cleared instantly. I didn't cough. I didn't snort and I didn't sneeze. It was like, okay, it's all done. Breathing just like I am now. Let me tell you something, church. You can't live like hell one minute and live like Jesus one minute and be able to do that kind of stuff. You can't walk in addiction and clicking on this and doing this and that kind of stuff and then somebody's in a car wreck and you say, "Well, okay God, I want to pray for that person but I need you to forgive me over here Lord and I want to make sure. You don't want to do the Hail Marys over here and then got somebody die. The People are depending on you to get it right. They're depending on you. If our prayer life consists of repenting, and that's all we do, then then we're not the victorious church. Well, I just can't seem to get victory in it. Well, don't leave this place today if you got something like that, something going on in your life that you need victory over because let us bind that thing and rebuke that thing and loose heaven down on you, and I guarantee you, you walk out of these four doors or these, all these doors through here, you will be changed. But if two of you, verse 19, shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done. I mean, am I reading anything into this? I mean, is that, what it, is that what it says? Anything. And they shall ask, and it shall be done for them of the Father which is in heaven. And where two or three, I get the biggest kick out of this when, a small, when there's a small crowd. Small crowds, the guy who's leading the service it says this Well, where there's two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Yes, that's true. But let me tell you something two or three can change the world, two or three can change the outcome. Two or three can change it. And let me tell you something this ain't the John Fowler show. This is the Jesus show. This is the church's show. Let me tell you something where Jesus is glorified and where the church changes the circumstances and changes the atmosphere of Braxton County. We can do it. No other church is doing it. Why can't we do it? It's time. anything, touching anything that you ask. And it shall be done for them that are in the Father in heaven. We need to bind things and we need to loose things. It's time for us to loose blessings on people. Time for us to loose blessings on people. Let me tell you something. I I don't know if you realize this or not. But you carry blessings with you. You carry blessings with you. You carry blessings. Have you ever went into a restaurant that was empty and because you were in there it filled up? You carry blessings with you. Give away blessings. You'll get it back. And then some. So, this is the part that's called class precipitation. Participation. Just checking, make sure you're still still with me. Stand to your feet. Let me ask you a question What do you need to bind in your life? What do you need to bind in your life? Is it anxiety? What do you need to bind in your life? Is it depression? Is it a sickness? Is it an addiction? Look, John 10.10, 10, the abundant life. And the abundant life doesn't mean a boat, a car, a plane, a house, and a beach. It doesn't always mean that. It can but the abundant life, to me, Barb, is peace and authority and walking in victory. Not being cocky about it, but walking in victory. That, that's the abundant life. And if you're not living there, you're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. I want you to think about what you need to bind on in your life. That means what you need to halt something that's not good of God, that's not from God, but it's from the enemy, that you need to bind, and then things that you need to loose. Then the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst, he says. But not only that, he says anything that I ask, it shall be done. Brenda, come here just a second. better hold on right here. A few weeks ago, Brenda and Carlos were sitting over there where they normally sit. They're lifetime members of those seats over there. <laughs> that you're all seats. And they're the father and the mother of our church, so don't sit in their seats. And let me ask you something. I came off that platform, didn't I? you were sitting there minding your own business and I, uh, we were having rehearsal and I had a prayer come up out of me and I'm telling you what I said Brenda I, as I was coming to you I said I got a prayer c- uh, that's coming up out of me and, uh, and when I touched you you stumbled back you almost fell the power of God was so strong it was him in me I'm not arrogant with this it's him in me it's him that is in you And I bound and I rebuked cancer in your life, didn't I? In your body, didn't I? Now, what did the doctor just recently tell you? Hold that up real close. He
3: said it's gone.
0: He said it's gone?
3: It's gone.
0: Hold that up there and say it again. What do you say it again?
3: It's It's gone.
0: It's gone. It's gone. Now, why is it gone? Because we bound it in Jesus' name. We took authority over it in Jesus' name, and you're set free. Hallelujah. This girl was eat up with it, and now she's free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. And, and Carlos, what was it that I said? Carlos called me and said she's going to the doctor. They're They're going to do that procedure. They're going to go in and check, and they're going to take care of whatever's in there and this kind of stuff. That's the Carlos, I don't have to pray ever again on that. I don't have to ever pray again on that. Because God touched that woman right there, that woman of God right there. He touched her right there in that seat. And let me tell you something. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you, heaven hears you. Heaven hears you. Heaven will do what you ask it to do according to what Jesus says. That if you ask in my name, I'll do it for you. Now, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to come running up here to me for me to pray for you today. I'll do it. I'll be glad to pray for you, but I don't want you to. I don't feel led this way today. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. 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 So whatever you're going through, whatsoever you need to bind, whatsoever you need to loose, you go get a hold of somebody right now. Play something victorious. Don't play any sad altar work music. I mean, just play something that's really victorious and exciting. And let let me tell you something. Because some of you, some of you today, hopefully all of you today, are going to get a breakthrough. How many people in the house need a breakthrough today? How many? Come on now. Don't be, don't be straightening your halo. How many people need a breakthrough today? Then let me tell you something. You grab a hold of two or three people, and you get that breakthrough right now, and you don't leave until you get it in Jesus' name. Give him some praise in the house. I'm telling you. Anybody has any leading to go pray for somebody, do it. Be in order of the of the Lord. But let me tell you something. What do you need to bind? What do you need to lose? Right now, go to somebody and say, pray for me. I'm struggling here. Pray for me. I need this. Pray for me. I need this healing here. Come on, do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Get your miracle today. He says where two or three are gathered in my name. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. Come on now. Turn it up.
3: Listen to these words from
0: and if you're fine, your you go pray behalf. for somebody else. If you're fine, you, you go pray for somebody else. You're if you're fine, you go pray, pray for somebody else. Right now, look at this. Yeah, yeah, pray for people. Yeah. Come on now. And now. And Don't wait on somebody to come you. to you. You go to them. Oh, come yeah. on. I need help God I find that thing in Jesus name I lose that thing in Jesus name I'm set free in Jesus name come on church pray into it right now
3: yes you can leave just like in the Bible days when men begin to come on
0: you take authority over you're the church you're the most that there ever is. Take authority over that thing. You shake that thing
3: loose.
0: I'm telling you. Come on. Hallelujah! You three go over and pray for Megan. Get that by your soul. Hallelujah!
3: You can't take it. I'm,
0: it. I'm telling you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I'm telling you, that's the way it
3: works. Come
0: on, hurry in, church!
3: Come on, and shake again.
0: You don't have to beg God. You get it.
3: Hallelujah!
0: I command you to loose your hold now. off of Megan, in Jesus' name. No more. No more. No more. We put the chains. We put the chains on you. And we rebuke you. Command you to go. In Jesus' name. I'm talking about total health, God. Restore. Restore total health. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now. Hallelujah. Right now. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Power from on high right now in Jesus' name. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, God, for pouring it out to him right now, Father God. Pouring it out to him that when he lays his hands on the sick, they shall recover. The demons are cast out in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for moving on behalf of us. Father God, I thank you that he's not the status quo, but I thank you, God, that he's the church, the most powerful identity that ever is. Devil, i rebuke every lie that you would try to throw at Jesse in Jesus' name because he is a child of the most high God. Nothing can interfere. Nothing can overcome because you're victorious, Jesse, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Walk in it. Walk in the victory of it today because it's in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
3: Hallelujah. Are those thank you God. God.
0: The house is is having trouble in the neck, like a pinch nerve or, a, or a twi- who is that? It's a pinch nerve, and
3: shout, or s- you
2: and you?
0: Harness, hold on just a
3: second. All right.
0: In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus right now, for Karen right now, Jesus, I thank you, God, that this this bent vertebrae straighten right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus right now, God, I thank you, I thank you, I rebuke the spirit of affliction right now in Jesus' name, and I thank you, God, for the healing power of the Holy Ghost right now in Jesus' name. And right now, I I, I hear it straightened in the spiritual right now. Right now, Karen, I feel it. Now, you need to work that. Work it right now in Jesus' name. In, in the name of Jesus, pain be gone. And, Father, in this day forward, no more pain in Jesus' name. Your, your vertebrae to be straightened right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I praise you. I praise you in the name of Jesus right now that you're moving in the neck area, Father God. Total healing. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Put your hands. In the name of Jesus. I pray Father right now. Since baptize when her has in impossible your holy ever stop the name of Jesus, right? Friday's disappointment. The, holy the goodness,
3: right? Sunday's Jesus empty tune. Since when has impossible? Ever stopped you. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Does like the priest make a dead man walk the
0: case? The face is the past.
3: Open right the grave. I'm coming out. I'm gonna Just live, gonna live again. again. This is the on. sound of dry bones and traveling.
0: <laughs> I looked it's got a body and, and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them but there was no breath in yeah. them. got a bow. then he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son
3: of man and say to it this is what the sovereign lord says
0: come breath from the All right let's hear the praise reports Bring them on I want to hear what God did Here's the mic. What did God do? Who who did God touch? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You need to tell people. You need to tell people what God did.
4: But it couldn't fill me Lands empty praise And treasures that fade Are never enough Then you came along And put me back together And every
3: we
0: Thank you, God. God is moving. Hallelujah. Totally free. In Jesus' name. Someone want to testify about what God did? Thank you, Jesus.
5: When he was reading the scripture, when two or three come together, Is, it, is yeah. it going? It's going. when two to three come together in my name. That says two to three. But when, what about when 40 or 50 come together?
0: That's it. That's good.
5: Huh? What happens then? Listen. He spoke in a brief part of his message about unity. Unity and harmony go hand in hand together. And what we've seen here today was moving free. To one another, listen. You you can't be set free if pride's in the way. I learned this. I've dealt with this myself, and still to this day, still fight the same problem. I have to bury that old man. I have to tell him that he's already he's already been been sent away. Hallelujah. He still comes back every day. This is what it means to to die daily and take up your cross. So tell your flesh where to go. He's preached it so many times. It's what, that's the power and authority. It, you, there is no possible way that you c- that you can walk in the authority if you haven't fixed yourself yet. That's good. Without fixing yourself and then trying to fix somebody, that's 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 at odds, working against each other. It is. Yeah. That's why your wife was able just to lay hands on you. You was looking for the Heimlich and she was looking to Jesus.
1: She did. And it was done. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Light and darkness can't embody together. That's good. You can shut off all the lights. You can black out all the windows. Light one candle and see who takes over. The one candle.
0: The light has no competition.
5: No. It can't. No
0: competition. It can't. It, it defeats darkness every time.
5: Every, it has to. Every It time. has to. It has to. I love you all. I love the freedom that's in here. I love hearing the amens. I love hearing the testimonies. I love the worship team. How free that they are. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. You know know how many churches, they go to church and have no idea about the freedom. You know how many churches I've been in, and I myself come in with the Spirit, with me, have sat there, I felt the Holy Ghost, but there was something that had me sitting in my seat and not even able to raise my hands at times. Church is alive. Alive. Hallelujah. You're alive. Glory be to God. And, and by the way, I, I, I instantly ran to, to John and Cynthia, and I said, I was like, I don't, I don't know, the other day I had a, a migraine. Remember, you prayed for me for migraines. Yes. Six months ago, yeah, and it, and they were broke. Um, I never said anything to him. The Lord gave him a word, and, and it was broke. About five years before that, they were broke. The day before he called it, I had one flare up, and then the other day I had one flare up. But but by this by this this word today, and by the prayer that I heard, John, I, why I ran straight to them, I don't know. I don't know. It had to be God. But he said, and he, this is what his prayer was. He says, here, you tell it. You tell it better, better than me.
2: Was it what I said at the end. You said, review it. And <clears throat> the, yeah, um, I said, it will, it will continue to come back until you decide you ain't putting up with it anymore. And when they realize, when the spirit realizes you're not putting up with it anymore, it will back off. Yeah. But it won't until it's convinced that you're convinced. No, that's, good. And I, yeah, that's, uh, good. that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I said, I learned this from my spiritual mother growing up. Because she shared this with me as a child. Uh, and I told him, I said, if it comes back, you just review with it. You remind it. It's gone. Gone. In Jesus' name. you all review. And that's what you have to Folks, when you're healed, don't be surprised if that symptom comes back. I, I deal with that all the time. And I... It's a final no. Yes. It's got to be a, no. a final no. You can't just decide, I'm going to try God. You, you, this is a final no. It's a it. final no. And when the devil tries to come back with those symptoms, you say, it's no, and I mean it. Right. And that's it. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care if I'm still sick. It's a no. Right. But after a while, you'll give up. Now, the Bible talked about where they can't. He said, two more gather together in my name and agree. Yeah. The key to that is in heaven. When you bind something, what heaven does is it agrees. That's a good word. When you lose something on earth, the Bible's telling us in heaven, it agrees. That's you, so good. You don't have whatsoever in the sense of the world. Whatsoever doesn't mean whatever. Okay, I want to commit adultery. No, that's not in His principles. Right. You got to work. You got Everything's got to be according to what God believes. So when you bind something, it's got to be something that God's already agreed with. Because you're not changing anything in heaven, you're just now agreeing with heaven. It says, "I see that hand, I agree with you." That's a good word.
0: That's a good word right there. That's a good word. I agree. I agree. Anyone else? What did Jesus do for you today? Hallelujah.
6: Well, I had a problem in my neck. I've prayed for it. But today I came up here. He anointed me and didn't have to pray for me because it was gone. It was completely gone. So when he, when he came to me to start praying for me, I was glad he started with my sister and then went that way. Uh, and before, I received a healing many, many years ago, and that's exactly what happened. It was a line of people, and I was at the head of the line, and he went all the way down the line. And prayed for all those people. When he came back to me, he said, "Um, receive it. Because I had already prayed and said, Lord, don't let anybody else pray for me for this. And as soon as he did, it was like um, somebody took a, it was like a string that came out the top of my head. And the Lord healed me. And so um, today, it just was gone. I mean, he anointed me and it was gone. But I have something to share with you because I was dealing with this um, yesterday in prayer. And I have three scriptures that I want to share with you. It's Romans 8, 15, and I'm sure you all know it. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Fear is not a part of your life, and it should not be a part of your life. And in First Timothy, Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What did he say? God didn't give you a spirit of fear. It did not come from God. So all of these things that you're receiving today, do not let fear come in you. Do not let fear come in you. In First John chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love no fear no fear in love but perfect love casteth out all casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love so if you are filled with fear and and that's what the enemy is trying to defeat all of us with is fear you take these three scriptures you Get a hold of me if you don't, can't remember them. You find the scriptures yourself, and you quote those scriptures. Because the word is how you get all of this victory, all, all of this authority. It comes out of the word. Everything he showed you and talked to you, he showed you it in, in the word. He showed it in the word, and that's where your victory is. It's in the word. Okay, anger, anger, the spirit of anger. God did not give you that spirit. So you can cast it out. And then he fills you with love. So let him fill you with love. For other people, um, unforgiveness, that is not from God. Jesus, on the, when he hung on the cross, he said, I make a choice. On that cross, and he was in pain, he was suffering, and he said, I made a choice. Lord God, do not lay this into their charge. Do not do that, Lord. Make them not responsible for what they did to me today. Can you do that? When someone has offended you or hurt you, when someone has has beaten you up, can you do that? Can you say, God, forgive. I choose. It's a choice you have to make. Forgiveness is a choice. It It isn't something that God does for you. It isn't. It's a choice you have to make. And say, I choose. This is what I choose. And then, so you can bind that, that fear. You can bind that, all of those things. And then you can say, I make a choice to loose what God says and not what I say. So today, make that choice. All these prayers that you've prayed today, go out of here and say, I made a choice. I, today, I made a choice I made a choice that I choose healing. I made a choice that I will not be in pain. I made a choice to choose what God wants for me. I made a choice to love regardless, regardless of what's happened, regardless of what has happened. I don't care what, they, what they've done to you. It doesn't matter because look what they did to Jesus, and he made a choice. He said, I choose. Today I choose. I choose Forgiveness. So, do you choose forgiveness today? What do you choose?
0: It's a good word. Amen. Amen. Anybody else?
2: Thank you. Yes. The board says that they agreed and touched. Didn't he say pray? Yeah. He said agree and touch. Jesus. Yeah. Then he had to put a prayer to it. Come here, Gary. Good word.
4: I just wanted to let you know that I haven't been able to do this or this
6: for 25 years.
0: Wow. You serious for 25 years? Oh, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> Holy Ghost. That's so good. Give me a hug. That's so good. Word. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's awesome, isn't it? Shh, powerful, powerful. Anybody else? Tim? Come here and tell, tell a little bit about what, uh, and then we'll let you go here today. But it's important that you know these teams that are in place, uh, when you have evangelism in place, uh, which is Sam's group and his team, and then you have discipleship uh, that takes care of, and this is what Tim and, and John and uh, Olivia Are uh, are working with and whoever else that God puts on your team, to share a little bit about what's uh, what what's going on and how the church needs to uh, to be a part of that.
1: One of the things. One of the my one, okay. One of the things that has really and John, I haven't shared this with you and Olivia. We, we we talk all week long on and off. I'm waiting for one of us to say, "Can, can y'all take a break?" Because <laughs> <it's>, we're just, <laughs> yeah. We, um, but it's been fun. But what I haven't told you is, um, since about uh, Friday night, the Lord has really been um, um, hitting me with, "Do you realize how important?" And how big of a deal this is, man! I want you to think about how big of a deal is discipleship. It's yeah, John. You preached two weeks ago, right? You preached last week. I got my history right. You preached two weeks ago about the uh, legion, the guy had the demons. And you, you ended your message um, with uh, the legion, the man who had the legion, um, his um, dialogue with Jesus. He wanted to go to Jesus, and I'm paraphrasing here to get to the last verse. And, and uh, Jesus uh, told him, he says, no, go, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. I want you to remember that, how much the Lord has done for you. And how much mercy has had on you. And then it records that the man went away. And began to tell in Decapolis. How much Jesus had done. And the people were amazed. Now. If you don't. If you don't study scripture and study words. And study geography. You miss something here. Decapolis is not a city. Decapolis. Decapolis. Me, is a Greek word that means the ten cities, the ten cities, okay? So Jesus sent him to ten cities. Here's a man that just was, had a, a legion of demons in him, but Jesus sent him on a mission to go to ten cities and do what? Tell them what God has done for you and how much mercy he's had on you, okay? Now, hold that thought. Now, I want you to jump two chapters. Two chapters. Do you know where I'm going, John? In two chapters, uh, I'm in Mark 6, verse 53. When they, this is Jesus and and the... uh, the disciples, when they crossed over, they landed Genesaret. Anybody want to guess the connection between Genesaret and Decapolis? It's one of the ten cities, okay? It's one of the ten cities. Now, so they just crossed a lake. They landed at Genes- Genesaret, and here's what Scripture tells us they found. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. Now, how did they recognize Jesus? He wasn't there. But I'll tell you who was there. The man who had the legion. They, and, John, we were talking about this in Sunday school, and, and this is an example as far as I'm concerned. They never met Jesus, these people, but they immediately recognized because the Lord opened their eyes because of what the man that had the legion demon, legion of demons had said to them they immediately recognized Jesus even though they'd never met him okay and then what's it say they ran throughout the whole region and carried sick on their mats and wherever they heard he was everywhere Jesus went people were running did you get that running to him he wasn't go- running to them they were running to him. Why? Because one man, one man went out through ten cities and told them what Jesus had done. Okay, wait a minute now. Where am I going with that? What's all this mean? Discipleship. Are you telling Jesus what he has done for you? Are you telling them how much mercy he has shown you? No, I, I, I'm going to be point blind. I want you to think to yourself. I don't want you to answer this out loud. I want you to think to yourself. When's the last you have told someone how much mercy God has showed you? And you wonder why all these seats are in here. I'm not trying to be your judge. I'm just reading the scripture and telling you what it says. All right. Discipleship. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's really breaking my heart, John. Thinking that you put me in in this this group. It's a heavy weight. Because it's a lot of responsibility, discipleship. It's a big deal, my friends, and I hope you can catch the fever, and I hope you're the one telling Jesus, telling about Jesus what he's done for you and how much mercy he's had, and you don't realize how much mercy he's had. Do you realize how much of a sinner you were? Okay, don't don't tell me how good you've been. I don't care who you are, what you think you are. You're not that good. You're a sinner, but you're saved by grace. Jesus has given you mercy. Stop keeping it into yourself. Tell them. Tell them. Don't tell John. Don't tell someone in here. Tell them. They're the one that needs to hear. Sorry, John, for preaching more. That's just been burning on my heart for a while. Okay. John asked, John, Sandy, myself, and Olivia, and Rich is helping out as he can, what's a discipleship program for the Pulse? Design one, build one, make it happen, you know, all those details. And... Um, I, I just assumed, John. I don't know if I'm speaking for you, but when we said yes, well, that'd be fine. That'd be nice. It'll be something to do. But it's gonna be more than that. We ain't begun to realize the burden and the weight and the amount of work that we need to do. So, as your chairman of this committee, well, I I I, I hate that word chairman. As, as I'm just kind of the the uh, the servant leader. That's what I told him I would be for the group. We got a lot of work to do, but it isn't just the three of us. We got a lot of work to do, okay? Here's what we've come up with so far. I don't like to read, but I don't know how to do this without reading all the information we have. Um, You have to bear with me. If I need to see you, I need to take the glasses off. (laughs) If I need to see this to read it, I've got to put the glasses on. The three of us unanimously agreed from the start. We had this sense that we were already on the same page in a lot of things. That we need to prayerfully seek God for an inspired vision. We all know how smart John is. We all know how blessed uh, Olivia is in her gift of uh, prophecy we ain't got what it takes to do this. We need God. And um, we have been going probably a lot slower than we thought we would. That's because we got to wait on God to pour into us. And um, that's what we've been doing. We've been uh, doing this prayerfully and obediently. But you know what? The Holy Spirit has been faithful. The Holy Spirit has been providing all that is going to be needed to fulfill his plans. He, it was his, you know, you know, John has given us this, 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 this job, this, this position, this responsibility. But it wasn't his idea, was it? God poured into you. God poured into him. He assigned us. And now we have to allow the Holy Spirit to pour into us so that then as we communicate, what's he gonna do? Pour into you. It doesn't end with just one person. It's all of us. So the, we have found in, in our early discussions that we see five things that needs to happen. Um, some of them even before we can continue on. There's five components that we need to work on. They are prayer, understanding the vision, Receiving and understanding the vision, we need unity in the church. We need each of us commitment, and we need to be teaching Scripture. Because as as Barb, you said it just a, a moment ago, it all happens when we understand what Scripture says. So, prayer. Prayer is our conversation with God. And his conversation back with us. Jesus, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness praying to his father and fasting before he started calling his 12 disciples and starting his earthly mission. Why do we think that we can do it without prayer? He gave us an example. So prayer is our means of as gleaming our individual callings and responsibility. I mean, it's just no doubt about it. We need to have more time in prayer as individuals, as a church. And when that happens, um, God will be faithful and respond. Um, Connecting in our own personal prayer time, connecting in the prayer call, these are all um, ways to do that. And God will be faithful. He will be faithful. As we reach out to him, he will reach back. You know, Jesus said it very plainly, seek and ye shall find, ask and it will be given to you, knock and it will be opened unto you. Vision. Habakkuk 2.2 says um, um, that we need to write the vision down and make it plain. So we're in the process of, of writing this all out, writing it up, documenting, you know, what to do, what the Lord is telling us is the plan. <clears throat> There's going to be a lot more coming. And um, we're still putting it all together, but it's not there yet. But we will write it out. We may have posters, John, on the side and, and out in the hallway, just, just some things, just to write it out. You've got to see it. it. You know, we are visual creatures. Some of us more than others, but we're visual. We need to see it. So we'll write it out and put it out there. Um, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, where there is no vision, the people perish. We need a vision. Without a vision and plainly being in front of us, we're just wandering around here like we're blindfolded. You know what I mean? We need a vision. We need to be able to see it. We need to be able to feel it. We need to be able to accept it and commit to it. The Holy Spirit is sharing that with us. Um, every time we all get together online and, um, we're writing each other, we live so far apart, it's hard to get together. And, um, but we do, so we do this online, but someone will say, the Lord just revealed this to me, or I just saw this. And so, um, it's just coming together a piece at a time, but it's coming together. We will have a vision and, um, and we'll we'll share it with you as it comes along. (coughs) Unity. Mark three twenty five tells us that a house divided against itself, it cannot stand. We need to be all togetherness. We need to be all in. You know, um, we could have all these fancy posters and talk about it and pre- talk, teach about it and preach about it, um, but if we're sitting back there saying, "I ain't doing that," <laughs> or "I don't think that's right," you know, we're not united. We're not one. You know, just think of uh, if an army is in a battlefield and they all decide to do what they want. <laughs> Are they going to win? No. We've got to be at one united front. Commitment. Uh, Psalms 37 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Then, you know, here's one of these, John, where it's not sometimes, it's not maybe or hopefully. No, when you trust in the Lord and commit to Him, it will happen. You know, you've been—you know—the whole message was, you know, on that theme. When you're reaching out to the Lord, heaven, heaven's gonna follow. You know, it's—they're gonna make it happen. But that's not because you're some—you know—just doing whatever. You're doing what the Lord has already inspired you to do. So you're basically doing what He had already sent you to do. You know, it will happen. Not maybe. It will happen. got to be committed you got to be committed teaching Ephesians 4:14 it says that there will be that there will be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive Romans 10:17 also says so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God we each, each of us, we need to know what Scripture says. How, how are you going to be obedient if you don't know what, what's out there, what you're supposed to be obedient of? You've got to know. Scripture is so important, whether it's your daily reading, whether it's teaching, whether it's listening to, to a radio program of a solid uh, uh, preacher that teaches Scripture, uh, your morning devotions, your evening devotions, Scripture's got to be in there. you know. David says, I hid thy word in my heart, so what? So I will not sin against thee. So if you don't know what the word is, how are you going to know? Well, if you don't have the word in you, you're going to sin because you don't know what you're not supposed to do. You don't know how you're supposed to do it or what you're not supposed to do. You've got to have the word. And so we realize that we could have all the fancy dancy te- teaching and do all this kind of stuff, but if it's not teaching Scripture, and that's tearing Scripture apart and really understanding what that says, we, we're really not going to have much of a program. Scripture is key. Now, the Holy, I'm, I'm not going to downplay and, and forget to leave out the, the power of the Holy Spirit to help us understand Scripture. We need Him too. Um, but uh, we've got to be teaching Scripture. We've got to be tearing it apart piece by piece and finding out what's in there because that's where the real power is. Okay, how will this all work out? To start out, we're going to have a season of prayer. Um, we're, we're proposing that the connect groups, uh, um, instead of having um, two or three different connect groups, we're all going to be together as one, all being taught by the same person, following the same material. And it will be a... a, a, a time period of uh, several weeks we don't really have that ironed out yet, but uh it'll be teaching on prayer and it starts with prayer um, we ha we're almost there we we actually we have an outline already worked out, but we're still praying on that to make sure that we got where it's where we want to be um it's really close, and I mean I have it right here but uh but we're just, we just didn't feel that 100% done. You know, as, as my daughter, when she was school, she says, it's just a sloppy copy. That's just, so we got a real good sloppy copy, but we just don't have that final yet. We're really close. And, and while we're doing the connect groups, John, we're, we, we also think that uh, preaching should be on the same thing. So um, now um, we also um, talked about this. We're not saying... Um, whether John's going to teach, or I'm going to teach, or Olivia's going to teach—that's not been revealed yet—or one of someone else here. And at the same token, we also had this thought that we're not saying that you have to do all the preaching either. We're not telling you. We're, we we just there's a sense that that you may, we're open to what your leading is, but you may say, you know, Dusty, uh, you know, he's going to preach this one. You know, I don't know, I mean, I'm just picking on your good <laughs> year one right there, but we're, we're open to your leading on that as well, and um, we know it'll be good. So, um, the vision, we, we, want, we want you to understand right up front that there's some vision we already know, not we as in John, Tim, and Olivia. It's you who know it. There's some vision that God has already given us that we don't really need to think about. We just need to do it. What is that? Well, Matthew 18, we know it as the Great Commission. That's a vision that Jesus had for the church 2,000 years ago. And sometimes we stumble, sometimes we do okay. But it's that the whole purpose of this, John, in my mind, is we're, we're going to get this right, we're not going to stumble. We're not going to be walking about in darkness or in blindness. We're going to get this right because we're going to pray about it, and God is going to be faithful and reveal exactly what we need to do. We have a vision. We're not only going to save souls, but when they come in, we're going to have what is needed to teach them how to live. They're not going to come in here and get wet and be baptized, get dunked and walk out the door, and you never see them again. That's done. We, why? Okay, I bind that whole history, and it is bound and gone. In the name of Jesus, when we get them in, we baptize them, we keep them. We keep them in the kingdom, and they become vibrant, active participants in the kingdom of God in their lives. What about that? You okay with that? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You could talk to me later about that one um, yeah so uh okay, um, that's division that we all need to understand. what we need to vision is how we can make that happen and work out. That's what we need. so that's what we're waiting on the Lord for. Um, but part of that is this this unity we. We all gotta be together. We all gotta be in you know, the army. We all gotta be doing the same thing, understanding what our role is. You know, some, some of you were in the military. You weren't all privates, nor were you all generals, were you? Everybody had a role, right? And you, and you, and you, were, it was, you understood it and you accepted it. John, isn't that how it was, for the most part? When it was most successful, that's the way it worked, right? And that's what we need to do, too. What is our role? Not everybody's going to be a general. Not everybody's going to be a private. We need to understand who we are, what God has called us to do, and be okay with that. Just move in it and go. We've got to have commitment. You know, we all got to be doing our part. We've got to be, be all in, you know, not when I get around to it. Not on Thursday afternoon when I have time. <laughs> now I'm talking to Tim because I'm always saying I don't have time. I'm retired and I don't have time. What's that about? <laughs> but it always seems like stuff's in the way. I gotta deal, that's something I got to deal with. I'm committed. I'm all in from the time I wake up in the morning until my eyes go shut at night. And God will work out the details of how that stuff will get done. And that will be the same for you. Um, after we finish up this series on prayer, then we'll, um, sometime shortly thereafter, we're going to start up um, another teaching series to understand what discipleship is. What does it mean to What does it mean to be a disciple? I mean, we, we all kind of could come up with a generic answer, or maybe you have a really good answer. But well, we all need to be on the same page. We all be saying the same thing, doing the same thing, thinking the same things, shooting for the same things. What does it mean to be a disciple? And we got kind of an outline on that. We're just waiting on God to you know, put his final stamp of approval on, and then we'll share with what that is too. It'll follow the, the, the same thing with the prayer. that We'll be teaching together in a connect group, and then preaching will also support the same subject for that week. Um, that's coming soon to a pulse near you. <laughs> um, I, I, I really don't have much more. John, did I miss anything? Is there anything you want to add?
2: Uh, my concern is, is that the vision God's given John isn't going to change a thing if what we're doing doesn't change. And what I'm getting is that as a congregation, it's time to plug in. We have people that come and go here when they want to come. They don't intend to connect groups. They don't they may not be tithers. I I don't know anything, folks. I'm just throwing some things out. But if this is gonna work, this vision, then what we're doing has to change. Otherwise they can just preach all they want and talk all they want, it won't matter. It's like a car. You, you, when, you, when you build a car, you put a battery in it. And usually in the new cars, they put a jumper cable. They get it ready for anything that happens. Jock, everything it needs, right? Spare tire. Well, pretend you're a car. One day your battery may be low and you need to be jumped. You can't get jumped unless you use the cable. You've got to connect with them. There's no one better that I can think of than him and Olivia as far as discipleship. You want to get fed. You want to get the meat. You want to grow, but you as a congregation have to plug in with them and us and John's vision. You need to come to connect groups. You need to start tithing. Now, if I'm offending you, I may be hitting something because my job, I have no desire to offend anybody. I'm just saying in order for this to work, for John's vision to work, we've got to change. Otherwise, your vision isn't going to go anywhere. We can preach all we want, teach all we want. But as a church, we're a family. We need to be there for each other. One day you're better, maybe low. One day you're better, maybe low. We need to connect with each other and stay fed.
1: John, do you have anything?
0: I will say that I'm so excited about your all's team, too. I mean, your all's team, because, I mean, you all are on track, and it's awesome. And And feel comfortable about you all doing the preaching, you know, with it you know, I don't have to, I can preach a, whatever, if you give me a topic to talk about, I'll preach on it, but you all feel comfortable about carrying that, and all three of you, all four of you have permission for the pulpit I trust all four of you including Rich and Livia and you and John, you all share it so that's exciting, That's good stuff love you, you a good God amen, amen <laughs> Right ahead. Thanks, Tim, for sharing that.
5: This is uh, something very hard to follow on that. Um, so I guess John has put me, I guess, in charge of, like, fundraising and stuff like that in community. Um, the outreach. Thank you. Um, so I have back here at my ch- chair, I have uh, forms for everybody. I need at least one uh, recipe we're getting ready to do a fundraiser for recipes from the church Um, so I I, we're shooting at about 75 Um, so if you need a a couple but on the back of that I'd like your family's favorite scripture Uh, because I want to put that in the book also
0: that's good My sister has got one of the best recipes for burnt toast. (laughs) (laughs) Burnt tomatoes. Burnt toast. (laughs) That's funny. Kathy, Kathy, be sure to put that one in there on burnt toast. (laughs) You cut me off. Oh man, I tell you what, this is exciting. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That would work. With a toast.
3: Ah, oh, that's so funny.
0: That's funny. Karen, 25 years.
1: God's a powerful God.
0: Wow. You know what the doctors told? You know, that's crazy. God's faithful. You know, the doctors told Brenda, they said he said if i had if I was going to have cancer, I would have wanted her kind of cancer. That's what he said, and God delivered her. isn't that good? Powerful. Tell people what God does. it's God. It's exciting what God's doing. If you're not on a team, look you can get with get with either Tim or sam um don um and uh What's the other one? The who? Yeah, Kelly, yeah, on the building. Yeah, on the building. And uh, I, I don't have any notes. I'm sorry. I'm just, but um, yeah, if you want to be a part of a team, man, I tell you what, that's God's faithful. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you, God. Oh, God, thank you for moving in this house today. And Lord, thank you for your people moving. And Lord, thank you for the words of wisdom that we had and from each person, God. Thank you for victory. And Lord, we just know that the gates of hell will never prevail against this church. Never prevail against the church. And we're the church. So we're victorious today. And we thank you for moving forward in this day. And we love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for being here.